Welcome to Fearsome Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 276. Yeah. An update episode. That's right. And uh, it's. You're coming uh, with your late night DJ voice. Am I? Yeah. I don't know. For it, sure. You know, I feel really rested. That's like, good. Like super rested. I don't know what's been going on, but lately I've been going to bed like at 10 or 11 at night. Oh, man. That's late. That's yeah. early for me. I'm a one to two in the morning kind of guy. That's sad. And then I've been waking up. Like at six in the morning. See, that's not good for your circadian rhythms, man. Well, it's getting there though. All right. I'm already, and, better. and here's the other thing. Uh, and you know, I know we're, we're updating here. So basically my son's sport has taken over my life. Right. Any, you're at that stage of parenting. Oh, uh, you know, it, it's funny. We're, we're not here to give parenting. Like, this is the reselling podcast. If you're brand new and you're listening, this is a reselling podcast. But sometimes we like to touch on, you know, on things that affect all of us. And, you know, I, as I'm still an educator and so are you, I remember uh, way back when I remember reading an article that said you should not get your kids involved in sports until they're older. Because once they get in sports, especially the way it is now, like that will dominate your family life, right? So, you know, if you do baseball, you'll end up doing travel ball. If you do volleyball, you do travel ball, right? And you, which means you're doing it year round. Now, luckily, my son isn't doing that, but here's how it's been affecting my reselling. I have not gone to garage sales all January. Yeah. Every Saturday's been meets on, uh, yeah, wrestling, wrestling tournament. And, and I'm getting up earlier than I would for garage sales. Like this last time, I had to get up at 4 45 in the morning to get in, to get there by, I think it was like by six o'clock and then at six 30 they had weigh-ins. And so it's been killing my sourcing ability when it comes to garage sales. But again, the, on the positive end, it's like, I wouldn't have been able to do these things with my son had it not been reselling. Yeah. Right. It gave me the liberty to say, you know what? I, I don't need to work today. I don't need to come in and I can go to this tournament all day and sit around all day and wait for the next match and, and be there for my kid. Uh, due to reselling yeah. and then you just adjust the way you you plan out your week right if you know you've got things like that coming up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you source in the week and then that saturday instead of sourcing you just let the sales come in and then when you get home you you pack you know what i mean so you can always adjust your schedule which is nice um it, it is harder when you go i'm not going to source at all or you were planning on sourcing that day and so yep. you didn't do anything any other sourcing that week and then that day ends up getting consumed by other things but uh yeah you definitely have the flexibility as a reseller now, the other end of that is you're talking about sales coming in. So let, let's talk about this. And I know you got a little bit to talk about here, too. I don't know what's happened. So first two weeks of January were the best two weeks of eBay I've had since our major health problem started two years ago. Because remember, that summer was incredible sales, right? You know, everything got shut down. And people were going online. I remember that summer, things were incredible. Actually, I think that summer for me was better than, uh, at least on eBay, than my Q4, Mm. right? And so these last, you know, these first two weeks of January, I was like, what is going on? If this is the way things are going to be in 2022, I think I'm done with Amazon. I'm just going to stick to eBay. I'm just going to do, because I love eBay. Out of all the reselling, it's eBay. Why? Because I love the treasure hunt. I love going to garage sales. I love, you know, uh, sourcing at local deals and, you know, putting vintage collectible items on eBay. That's what I love. I don't like the Amazon retail arbitrage, find a product, or even if I do private label or whatever, it's just, it's just warehouse work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then this last week. Okay. So this is dropping on Wednesday. So we're talking one week from uh, today, you know, in the past sales just died 
not like like died and you know it, it was you know it was in the hospital and you know it flatlined the doctor came in declared ebay dead no this is like dead buried six feet underneath and then they put other you know coffins on top of that like dead that's uh it's pretty intense man i i don't know what happened yeah no i mean i definitely have not been uh getting very many cells recently either it's been a it's been a weird time uh, i mean we still have like the occasional one or two trickle in uh, but i think i've had in the last week as many return requests as i've had sales which never happens you know like i know it might be for every 10 to 20 sales you might have one return request here and there but it's like oh i got a sale oh i got a return request you know so it's just like, like oh you, you man get, you get anxiety every time like the, the little sound comes up that it's a message you're like all right what 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 happened now yeah. right and so i don't know i mean did the former ceo like find the master switch somewhere and just shut things down like who knows and, and let us know in the comments are you experiencing the same or are things just rolling through because i got i gotta tell you my post at the on instagram in the beginning of the year were like wow sales keep coming in look at this sale look at this sale and now I'm kind of like, all right, um, I sold the He-Man figure for like $15. Yeah. Now, see, for me, I thought maybe uh, maybe it was because I haven't been listing as much. The last couple of weeks, my, my time has been pretty consumed by other things. Uh, so I haven't really listed a lot recently. So I was like, well, maybe that's why my sales are slow. But have you still been consistently yes. listing? Yes. Yikes. I've been listing. I've been shipping on time. I, I just don't know. Hmm. I just don't know. Now. I also have done this long enough where it doesn't scare me, at least not yet. If we go on for a week like this, then I'm going to go, okay, there, there's something, there's something going on, right? Maybe, I don't know, there's, I had too many defects or I, or I, I don't know, maybe I need to start paying for pay-per-click. I don't know, right? I don't think that's the case because as long as I've done eBay, I've had these periods where it's just like dead and you don't know why. It hasn't been this dead ever, I would say in the last three, four years for me. But you have these moments and so there's three reactions you can have, right? One is you could list more and keep listing and which is that's what I'm going to do, right? When we're done with this podcast, I got a couple sourcing things I got to do and then I'm just going to get back to listing. My helper, I dropped off probably, I don't know, about 200 items for her to, you know, take pictures of, you know, make drafts. And so those are going to come live in about a week. Okay. Your other option is go, you know what? I have plenty of inventory in my store. There's a lot of sourcing opportunity. January, there's a lot of sourcing that you can do. Uh, and I did a lot of that. So, you know, you can keep sourcing because you can't stop, especially if you're full time. The worst thing you can do is get analysis paralysis where you start thinking, okay, what, what do I need to end listings and do so similar? Do I need to, you know, push my promoted listings more? Uh, do I need to start cross posting to other platforms like you get all this analysis start watching youtube you start listening to podcasts like how can i restore my store and to me that is the worst thing you can do no i i would say there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as you actually take some action on some that, that's thoughts. what i mean yeah that's what i meant by paralysis yeah like if you analyze and you take action sure yeah. that that that's what you need to do but if all you do is sit and worry isn't that isn't like worry doesn't add time to your life there's some quote about worry like worry doesn't add anything to your yeah. life yeah right who you can add one more day to your life with worry, right? There you go. There you go. Or an inch to your height. You just can't do it. That, that, there you go. That, that That's the quote I was looking for. And so, you know, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to keep listening as I have been. I'm going to, I got some great sourcing opportunities coming up. 
And, uh, you know, I just got to write it out. And, and this is why I also push when you go full time, make sure you have savings, make sure you have, you know, a backup because you never know. Right. And, and here's the crazy thing. Those first two weeks were enough to take care of all my bills in January and more. So I could go two weeks without sales. Not that I want that, but I could. Right. And so you always have to be ready for that. Now, uh, one more thing, and then uh, I'll move on to you because I'm saying too much here is, you know, it's interesting. Every year around this time, January, February, the off-price stores have those yellow tag sales. Right? And usually you get stuff for super clearance. Right now, I'm looking at an awesome uh, elf costume I picked up for about $16 that will sell probably for $100. Uh, there's a lot of good deals out there. Do you want that costume, Mike? No. Are you sure? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Not for 100 Not for 100 <laughs> Uh, But, you know, I went out there and I went sourcing. And usually I hit 20, 30, 40 stores, 50. I tried to hit as many. And this year... I had plans to go into other parts of the country and, you know, there just wasn't much inventory. Mm. Right. And so, again, I, I'm not sure. I think there's there's something happening as far as there's a transformation going on in the reselling world. It's all about adapting. Uh, and, you know, I still found deals. I still found good stuff. It still was, you know, worth it to me to drive and spend tons of hours sourcing. Uh, but it just it was a little different. So I'm a little unsettled right now. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. How, how about you? Yeah. Talk about unsettled. I mean, we're just in a, a weird stage of our life right now with um, trying to sell our fifth will uh, because it's like typically when you're you're doing things in life, there's like a, a normal order of things, you know, and we're trying to like we've got a goal in mind. We've got a mission every year, every I mean, my wife and I, we're really good at communication. So we're always talking about like, what's what's our family goal? What's our mission? What are we trying to accomplish? What do we have to do to get there? And we talk about doing that on the podcast with, with your reselling. You got to, you should constantly be reflecting. What have you done? Where have you gone? And we're kind of at a place where we almost have to do things backwards to get to where we want to be. So um, without going into a lot of details, like the first thing, the first domino that needs to fall is we have to sell our fifth wheel. And so that's kind of become our reselling right now because we bought this, this fifth wheel. And our original goal was we got the fifth wheel. We're going to live in it for like five years, get it paid off. And then once we sell it, we're going to be able to get like 20 to 30,000. We were hoping to, uh, in equity. And so the idea was, hey, we're going to almost pay what we would pay in rent if we were still renting, but we get to walk away with this with a little bit of equity, you know, if and you also catch up on some other like, yeah. student loans and all that student loans. And we've been able to do that. We've been able to pay off vehicles. We've been able to get, you know, a, a good dent on any debt we've had. We really have no debt besides uh, we still owe a little bit on our fifth. Well, luckily we're not uh, upside down by any means, especially because the market is really high right now, but we've had a lot of like issues with the fifth wheel. And it's one of those things where now that we're reflecting back, we realize, okay, five years might've been a big, like a long shot idea in that, these things are, they break, they, things break down, things have to be repaired. And we realize there's a lot of repairs we've had to do. And so the last couple of weeks, literally the last probably three weeks has been nothing but moving stuff out, deep cleaning, repairing things that need to be repaired, like almost every waking hour. But I kind of have to remember that if this thing sells for what we're hoping it'll sell for, we're going to end up flipping it for a good amount of money. Mm -hmm. We're going to actually make money right now after only being in it for two and a half years, as opposed to waiting the five years. And that's a good place to be for us right now. So we're hoping this thing works and, and everything goes and, and it sells quickly. And we actually had somebody come out and look at it. It's just like when you do like offer up or Facebook marketplace and you talk to people and then people flake on you. 
And so there's always that risk, especially with something like this, because we live kind of out in the boondocks. And so somebody, a family drove out, they drove over an hour to come look at it. They spent an hour at the fifth wheel. We were walking around, showing them all the stuff. Their kids were looking at it and they're like, all right, we'll get back to you, you know, by the end of the weekend. And we never heard back from them. Mm. Right. And so it's just like, it's just a roller coaster of, is this going to happen? And so every time we show it, there's the issue of, okay, like, are we wasting time? We've getting all the pop outs out. We're getting everything ready for somebody to come. We have to walk them through the whole thing, explain everything and it doesn't sell. But the difference I kind of look at is we're not talking about, you know, you're trying to make $50 or hundred dollars on offer up, mm-hmm. right? Like when you get flaked yeah. on for that, it's like, Oh, it's brutal. But the nice thing is even if we get flaked on, even if it takes a few more months than we were anticipating for this fifth wheel, we're talking about, you know, twenty twenty five thousand dollars and yeah. so it's like all right this is worth it like of course it's it's disheartening every time it happens but the amount of time you almost have to imagine for that kind of return on investment or that kind of equity gain you're going to potentially have to put more hours of work into mm-hmm. it and so our listing has kind of been on hold our sourcing has kind of been on hold and we're still selling things which has been great uh so we got ebay still running things are still trickling in uh but not at the level we'd like, obviously. And I, I think part of that, originally I thought part of that was because we weren't listing as much. But if your your example and if other people, I mean, we'll again, see. let us know in the comments, this could just be a, a weird season. And and it is it is weird because taxes are coming up. And until people know what they're going to get for tax returns, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe people are a little worried and they don't know when tax returns are going to come in. And a lot of the, the um, extra money that was coming in, like I think the child credit you know, $600 per kid per month, that thing is ended. And so people are taking a hit on their disposable income. And I think that, that we're starting to see that with the the dip in sales. So uh, we'll see. Um, I'm excited for it to sell because then I think I'll have my weekends and my weeknights back so that I could start listing and sourcing and go a little bit harder on eBay, which will be great. And just not having the stress. I mean, if you've ever sold anything really, really big, and I'm sure many of you listeners have sold houses, maybe you've sold cars, and sometimes it's quick and fast, right? We sold a house a while back and we had listed it on the market. Within two or three days, we had a bunch of offers. One of them was a cash offer <clears throat> with like a really short escrow period. And we took that offer and it was like within two weeks, our house was sold, money was in the bank. Nice. You know, and so that that happens. Other people with other things, it's like you wait and you wait and you wait, you drop the price and you change how you're advertising it. And and it's so you never know, especially with big things like that. Uh, but let us know in the comments, what's been like a big flip you've done. Maybe it's been a house, maybe it's been a car, maybe it's been some kind of trailer, travel trailer, something like that. Uh, and what was your experience with that? So, uh, cause, cause reselling a lot of times we think of, you know, the small things you're making a hundred dollars profit here, $500 profit here. But, uh, you know, there's probably several of you who've, regularly flip cars or flip things like that, where you're making significantly more amounts of money, but the investment on each item could be more, you know? Yeah, agreed. And you know, it's funny because I had some people comment on our last uh, podcast about reselling may get harder in 2022. And most of the comments that were negative were more on the social media side, not on YouTube directly. Mm-hmm. And you know, that we, we were wrong or I was wrong. And I, okay. I would love to be wrong. I would love for that entire podcast to be completely off for us to be completely dead wrong about it being harder in 2022 that 2022 would be the greatest year of reselling ever and the easiest again i don't mind being wrong 
So, yeah, especially if it's that. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, I would love that. Uh, but right now I'm kind of, you know, we're maybe it's self-fulfilled prophecy, but right now I'm seeing kind of some of those things happening. Right. And it's already happening. So we'll see how things go. I still, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still reselling. Mike's still reselling. Uh, we've always learned that it's about adapting, right? Finding what people want to buy and then adapting accordingly. All right. So another thing uh, that's been unsettling for us is our ending of buy me a coffee. Yeah. We had a good run with buy me a coffee. It was nice to, you know, when we signed up for buy me a coffee, one of the reasons we did it is we had been out for a while when we started buy me a coffee, but we wanted to make sure people knew like we had no intention of putting our stuff behind a paywall. Like buy me a coffee was a very clear way of saying, Hey, this is a way for you to support us, to say thank you, to just give us a little donation without having to feel like, you know, things might be going behind a paywall. And we've had some issues with Buy Me a Coffee. We pretty much lost all of our supporters, not because our supporters backed out, because Buy Me a Coffee changed their system. And so because of that, we are we're at a place where Buy Me a Coffee was 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 keeping Pierce Podcast going. That was what was allowing us to give up the time during the week. We had enough people saying, Hey, thank you for the content you're putting out. And by losing all of those people, because you know, a lot of times people say, Yeah, sure, I'll sign up for five dollars a month. They sign up. And then they forget that they've signed up. And not, I don't mean forget they signed up, but like they, they don't want to have to go back in every month and, and re-sign up, right? So now to say to all of our supporters, hey, you need to go back in and find a new payment method and re-sign up. It, it's it, not only is that not fair to our listeners, but we're probably going to lose a bunch of people who, you know, are just not going to deal with the hassle of that, or maybe they don't have that payment method. So we've decided we're going to shift over to Patreon. And I think now we've established after we're going on what, like year four of the podcast, yeah. something like that, three or four, three and a half, some, some four at least. Like, yeah. So we've been doing the podcast for a long time. So I think people recognize Pierce podcast is not a gimmick of, Hey, let's give you five minutes of content. And then if you want the real stuff, you're going to have to pay us for it. So, uh, we have many people who have been listening for a long time that feel like we've provided some content, some entertainment, some, some bolo, something that's helped you in your reselling life. And they want to support us. They want to say, hey, thank you for what you're putting out. So we're going to do Patreon, but we're keeping our ethic of we're not hiding anything behind a paywall. So if you sign up for a Patreon, this is not um, a, hey, sign up for this tier and then you'll get the full podcast. Sign up for this tier and you'll get the uh, the podcast plus bonus this plus. We're not doing that. We, we, we just want to say, hey... This is an easier method for those of you who want to support us on a you know monthly basis or even a one-time basis and say, thanks for the content you're putting out. So just know we're not hiding anything behind a paywall, but we have our Patreon link below uh, if you'd like to sign up. And of course, we're, we'll continue doing like our, our Buy Me a Coffee Zoom sessions, but they're going to be, I guess, Patreon Zoom sessions. And again, this isn't like additional content. It's just a way to thank those who are supporting us and hang out every so often and, and just chat. You know, usually they're teaching us more than we're teaching them. So uh, again, thank you to all of you who've been loyal listeners, supporters, and friends of our podcast. And we ask that if you've in the past given, or if you've thought about giving, man, I feel like this is like the most shameless plug shill ever, but you know, what? we got to get, we got to get through it. it. We got to get through it, man. We got to get through it. You know, it. uh, Please, please, you know, keep keep here also podcast going because uh, just like, you know, not getting sales for a couple of weeks on eBay is tough uh, to go from, hey, we were we were being supported by our, our listeners and now we have no support at all. And so to go a couple of months with no money for the podcast makes it a little bit challenging. Uh, so we would really think we've had a couple of people already donate on the PayPal. Yeah, so thank you so, thank much. You so much. Appreciate that. Uh, again, that, that gives us the hope of, OK, I think we're OK. We don't have to walk away from the podcast because we never want to do that. So. Thank you again for all of you who support us. Agreed. So on the practical aspect, there's three tiers. 
Uh, the lowest tier is five, 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 five. <laughs> I had to, you know, do some inflation kind of adjustments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, five dollars yeah, fifty-five Patreon cents. takes their cut, you know. <laughs> they do, they do. I, I try to adjust it, so it, it's the same. And so it's five dollars fifty-five cents a month. Uh, just to say thank you. There's also higher tiers. Uh, and again, nothing behind the paywall. Now, I will say I do think in the future that we there may be some things tied to different tiers, whether it be merch, whether it be different contests, stuff like that uh, tied into it. But as far as content goes, our content will continue uh, to be free. I just, you know, looking at Patreon, there's much more that we can do with Patreon than we could that we couldn't do with buy me a coffee. And so we're trying to look at those avenues. We have some other friends that also are influencers and and they do a lot of things and they don't use a paywall. But instead, uh, they develop a, a closer knit community uh, via Patreon. So that is our hope. So, yeah, go to the link below patreoncom slash pure hustle podcast. Yeah. All right. What are some random stories you got here, Mike? I got one random story. So. I'm I'm at work the other day. My wife sends me a text message. She goes, I changed the eBay password to blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm like, okay. And then I didn't even ask why. I'm like, oh, she must have logged in and <coughs> excuse me. Forgot the password or something. And so, and then I get home and she's like, okay, so here's what happened. Got an email and it's an official, like it is an, as official of an email as you can get from eBay. Like it is, if even if you look at where it's from, it's and it was a collections email collections at ebay.com like the email is an at ebay.com it's like not at ebay dot uh money dot something 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 at gmail dot you know what i mean like it was an ebay email and we're looking through it we're like what is this and there's this long email about like our account going into collections it doesn't make any sense because we've We've never owed money to eBay. Like we always pull out our money. After it takes a pay. lot to go into collections. Well, and that's the thing. And so my wife instantly logs into the account and it's like, no, we don't owe anything. Like we're always up to date on our payments. And even if we weren't like they have our PayPal attached to our bank, right? Like there's, they would always get their money. There's no reason they wouldn't get their money. So she's reading through it again. And so uh, on the email and she's, she was even unsure about it when she did it, but she's like, there was like the link of like, you know, to, to sign in and blah, blah, blah. So she clicked the sign in link and she signs in through the email and then oh, within like a minute of doing it she's like and i would have like i knew right away too as soon as she was telling me i'm like oh it's a phishing email and she's like as soon as i signed in i'm like i'm not comfortable with this so she instantly signed out of, of, of that ebay went onto the app signed out signed back in and then changed our password signed like so we have a new password now so anyways you got to be careful because those things come out we've talked about being scammed before and i looked through the email and Usually you could tell with phishing emails that they're 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 a little off. You know what I mean? Like happens all the time at my school. Like my we get emails from my principal that's like, make sure you click on this link and sign up for blah, blah, blah. And it's like we could tell like that's not my principal. And then we get an email from our school's IT department, like, do not open this email. Yeah. This is a fake email. Uh, but for some reason, I don't know if eBay got hacked or an eBay account or somebody just found a way to basically mimic an eBay account when they send out. Uh, but we're pretty sure it was a phishing account. And if you don't know phishing spelled with a P is just a way to, um, uh, basically to get you to sign into your account through their server, which then tracks your username and password. And then they now have your username and password. So then they can go onto your account and do whatever they want. So, um, that was kind of just a random thing. Like luckily we were able to change our password and nothing happened. And you know, we've had credit card numbers stolen before and and just like banks, I, I feel like eBay would be pretty good with, Hey, this was a fraudulent thing that happened. Like we'll get you covered. Uh, but it was just good that we didn't have to go down that route of like, Oh, somebody just drained our entire eBay account. And now we have to go deal with eBay and say, Hey, that was not real. Like, can we get our money back? So we should post that on Insta. 
Yeah. S- send me the screenshot. Yeah, of I'll that. send you the screenshot of the email. Yeah, it was pretty. It was. It was. It was just a one of those like. I'm glad my wife had. I mean, she it's did a, click it's on the a link. Terrible feeling. Yeah. I mean, she did click on the link, but I mean, again, when you're when you have something that looks official and looks mm-hmm. like a collections oh, great, thing, it's great, like, great, oh, yeah. what do I do? You know. But uh, luckily, luckily, we weren't actually scammed. Uh, but we were close. We could have. We could have been scammed. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. Uh, that would be that would be awful, right? Like that's not a way to start the new year for sure. <laughs> oh, it, trust me, I, I think about that sometimes. You know, and but I, I agree. Like, there's so many securities in place, and I, I find that now. I mean, there's are ways that people can scam you, right? You hear about like crypto. I think is one of the biggest places that people get scammed. Actually, I think today when we're recording this, I think Crypto.com like shut down all withdrawals from their accounts. Uh, Cause they were, I guess they're getting a lot of hacks, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, yeah, I agree with Mike and, and you know, Amazon, I would say is the one that gets a lot of those spam emails. So if you're an Amazon seller, you'll see it all the time. I get stuff from China all the time too. Like it looks official. And then you start looking at the addresses. It's a, like an address with Chinese characters. I'm like, wait a second. Yep. What is this? So, all right. Now I have a couple of things. One's a random story. One's just a tip. Um, the first one is, you know, it, I've been doing a lot of local sourcing, right? I, I think I'm actually, I'm going to mention this at the end of the podcast. I'm going to see how long I can go without going to thrift stores at least only once a week. I still want to go like once a week, but I, I'm, I'm moving away from thrift stores. And so I found a local deal. And the reason I found this local deal is because I had offered this individual uh, a certain amount of money for a bunch of Hawaiian shirts at one point in time. And I didn't realize how long ago it was August. And they're they're like, "Uh, you know, we don't want to sell for that much. You know, we still think that it's worth as much. And I think it was like $12 a shirt. So I'm, you know, I'm scouring through, I'm looking and I see an ad and I'm like, wait a second, this is the same ad. And now they're trying to sell everything for 150, where initially I offered 180 and they didn't go for the 180. Now they're doing 150 and I'm like, wow. This has not sold, right? And I'm not trying to shoot myself. Maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot, but here's the deal. You got you to gotta source things that people don't want to sell. I don't know if that makes sense. But what, what I find is when I'm doing local stuff, when I'm trying to find stuff, it's really hard. At, for example, like video games. Like if you're trying to source video games locally to sell on eBay, you need to be fast you need to know what you're doing and, and you, you got to make sure you lock in that deal within seconds because it is crazy how competitive it is. I mean, I have my safe searches for, you know, like Nintendo and different, you know, different words I use, but it is rare that I can never get to anything. I mean, cause you know, tech, the, the good thing about technology is it makes our lives easier. The bad thing about technology is that it brings on a lot more competition. So anyways, saw this ad and I contacted the lady. I'm like, hey, remember we were trying to make a deal, blah, blah, blah. Would you do 125 for all the items? And she's like, yeah, sure. 125. So now I'm picking up all this up six months later for like $3 a piece. And all I need to do is sell like two or three of these shirts and I'm already in the profit. Right. So again, it goes to show you like sometimes patience wins at that time. You know, I was kind of like, oh, man, I'm still going to make good profit. But I just didn't feel right about the deal. Like once you have your number, like you got to stick to it. 
I, I am a big believer in that because the more you compromise the numbers over and over and over and over time, the more it's going to cost you money. <laughs> uh, where on this one, you know, I stuck to my guns. I knew what the value of certain things were. And there's a lot of people out there that weren't willing to spend that much on these items, right? Because they're not big clothing sellers or they don't know what kind of Hawaiian shirts sell and so on. So was able to make the deal and uh yeah you know probably gonna make that profit back in a week and then it's now gonna add it to my inventory yeah and that's one of the nice things about um local deals too is i've experienced this like i've listed something and somebody would offer me like i've listed it for 100 somebody offers me like 60 and i'm like no i'm sorry i could do 80 or 85 like that's as low as i'm gonna go and then like six seven months later that item still hasn't sold and i'm like yeah, I think I'm going to list this thing for like 50, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. that patient game can work on that because yeah, if somebody's listed something locally and it hasn't sold in a long enough period of time, they might be like, I just want it gone. Like, I wish mm-hmm. I would have taken that earlier offer. <clears throat> and so, yeah, you can definitely, you can definitely come in and, and clean up. And that's why, um, if you're doing offer up or you're doing Facebook marketplace, don't be afraid to keep scrolling down to the older stuff. Cause I you'll agree, find, you'll find a lot of the older stuff when you, when you ask, is this still available? A lot of them are going to be, no, sorry, this sold, forgot to update it or like no response. It's just like somebody who like six months ago opened up an offer up just to list this item and then have never logged into offer up again or something like that. They might have died. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, but sometimes you can, you can snag those older items and they're just happy to see that. Oh gosh, I can finally get rid of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And you know, the interesting thing about it is, is that. Like Mike said, this individual probably, I mean, they're selling it to me $60 less than our original deal, right? So, yeah, you pay, patience wins sometimes. All right, this other thing is you ever get messages where people are like, hey, would you take this offer? Instead of them sending an offer, instead of you sending an offer, they just send you a message. Like, uh-huh. So do you change anything when people do that? Um, It depends. I mean, there's times where depending on the item, like if I really want to deal with it, um, where I will, I'll just say, sure, send me an offer if it's a small item. But if it's like, you know what, I want this thing gone, I'll let them know. And we've talked about this in the past. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to, I'm going to change the price of this item to that price that you we've negotiated. And I will leave it up at that for, you know, however long, a couple hours, um, please buy it right away. Otherwise somebody else might buy it at this price. Okay. And yeah. then that, that gives them a sense of urgency too, right? The ball's in their court. Hey, you know, this item was for a hundred. I offered, I said, Hey, would you take $80 plus however much for shipping? And I go, sure. I'm changing the price of that. So go ahead and buy it. And I'm going to change it back in, you know, one hour. And they might be thinking, Oh no, what if somebody else buys it at that price? Yeah. You know, so it, it, it can create a sense of urgency. And you got to be careful too. If you run sales, mm-hmm. like that sale will kick in after like an hour or two. I don't know how long it is. And then I, I don't know. I found that some smart ones, like, waited like i forgot about it and then they got it for like 25 percent less than the agreed upon price but the other thing i've been doing lately and and this is because a lot i don't know there's been a lot of people that message me about doing this is you go in not only do you change the price but you remove the promoted listing ad right so mm-hmm. the ad rate so now not only are you making that sale but you're also gaining back that two percent the eight percent that ten percent whatever it rate you have it at that you would have lost with that promoted listing. So always remember to do that. I, you know, now I'm like, I used to be annoyed when people would send me offers through messages. And now I'm kind of like, I'm okay with that because now I can go in, I can get an immediate buy, which I'm, I'm wondering when eBay is going to eventually roll that out. Hopefully this spring, maybe it'll be part of the spring seller update where there's immediate pay on offers. But then I could also save the money that I would have lost with the promoted listings by just turning it off. And then saying, hey, the listing's ready to go. You can purchase now. 
So, all right. Hey, before we move on to our reselling topics, I do want to talk about AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Uh, you know, really appreciate uh, <laughs> still how fast I get items. Uh, you know, right now I've been, I, I, t- I said I wasn't going to talk about Hot Wheels, but I'm still selling Hot Wheels and it requires a lot of bubble wrap. And I've been running out a lot. And, you know, their two-day free shipping has been really quick. Uh, sometimes if you're in a place geographically that's close to a warehouse, you can either get one day or you can actually drive out there and get it for cheaper through local pickup. So it's been great. They also have those INSA packs, which I've been able to ship out very valuable items. Basically, there's this thing where you press something and it pops and it like basically wraps itself around your item. Yeah, it it embraces it in a embraces in a in a hug it. of of love and protection that will ensure that your product arrives safely. So uh, if you haven't tried AmericanBubbleBoy.com, definitely encourage you to do so. If you use our promo code PRS Podcast, you will get a discount for first-time buyers. Uh, definitely check them out. Appreciate all of you that continue to use our link. Uh, I, I think you know AmericanBubbleBoy.com has been kind to us that you know they still are, are helping us out through that affiliate link, even if you're a repeat buyer. So grateful for all of you. Uh, so again, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Go to the link below and uh, get some yourself some great bubble wrap. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to talk about what's going on in the reselling world? Let's do it. All right. Sales may not be coming in like we'd like, but reselling never stops, never sleeps, because we're hustlers. Things are happening, and we're going to talk about them now. Orlando, take it away. All right. So first, I want to clear the air on the padded flat rate. There's a lot of fear on that. There was a lot of fear on that. I didn't even know it was a thing until you're like messaging me like, order now, order now, order from this website. They have some in stock. I've ordered 10,000. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't see that. But yes. So it was crazy because I didn't think of anything of it because I think like the first week of January, I ordered a ton of padded bubble wrap on a bubble wrap. Uh, I ordered a bunch of USPS padded flat rate envelopes because, you know, I'd been cleared out because of Q4. And so I just ordered them. I didn't think anything of it. So what ended up happening is the post office had no stock. It was like out of stock. And then what happened on top of that is you go to the, you know, to the link on it and it says page not found. So it just disappeared from the website. Then on top of that, people were referring to some USPS news story that they were phasing out certain envelopes. Well, the story was about prepaid flat rate envelopes. It wasn't even these envelopes, but, you know, it created some reselling, I guess, hysteria like people. We we ourselves were posting. And, And so the padded flat rate fiasco of 2022. It is the grail of all shipping items, though. I don't use them that much. Really? Oh, I my my go to is and and maybe I'm wrong on this, but we do a lot of times we just order poly mailers, like decorative ones or whatever, and we wrap our item in bubble wrap, stick it in, wrap it up, and it usually in my experience a lot of times ships just as cheaper cheaper than the padded flat, right? Okay, I could see that. I so, see that. I mean, it wasn't going to be the end of the world to us if we lost it, but I could see that if like you were just used to that, yeah, that would be that'd be a huge be a huge loss. Oh, I have I have a few items on on Amazon that like that's what keep my costs low. Like the fact that I can ship them in those. And so uh yeah, I just you know you saw a post and people are like, hey, I got mine. Other people are like, what if we resell these? And I'm like, please don't, that's a felony. Uh <laughs> and uh lo and behold, the next day they're all in stock and everything's there. And everything's all good. Yep. 
So moral of the story, uh, things are going to be okay. Things are going to be okay. All right. Now, this story, it kind of, I don't know. It, it's interesting. So uh, this is on Business Insider, and UPS was talking about that it's processing a record number of returns, as in one in four Americans plans to ship stuff back to sellers after the holidays, uh, and that basically uh, that retail spending uh, went up 8%, uh, e-commerce went up 11%, uh, but returns have actually gone up by, I think, 10%, okay, as far as for everyone. So the- it's brutal. So I'm like, all right, maybe I got that number off, but it's it's gone up. Now you've been experiencing returns. Yeah. Right. I haven't as much. And I think the reason I haven't is with Amazon. I, I mentioned this before is I will not buy stuff at big box stores for retail arbitrage because very easy after the holidays, for somebody's find the same product, buy it there and then return the one that they paid a lot for. Mm-hmm. All my stuff has come from stores that once they're out of an item, they're out of an item. Yep. Right. So, and, uh, it, it's been good, but you know, again, and Mike and I go back and forth on this and we, I think we just had an episode, we talked about this, but you know, one of the ways that I believe it's, it's interesting that you can protect yourself from the damage of returns is by offering returns, right? Because then you can do a partial credit. Uh, you know, a lot of people will, when they know that, you know, they can return it, they feel more comfortable. So you get a lot more sales, which kind of offsets the losses that you have from the returns that you will get when you offer returns. Yeah. And even if you don't offer returns, people will get returns. It's just more likely that they're going to do INAD. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you got to deal with the eBay money back guarantee and a case gets open. I just, to me, it's, I'd rather have the hassle of offering returns and not offering returns and having to battle eBay over yep. stuff. Yeah. True. You know, so for example, money. for example, just now I sold a hot wheel <laughs> and I sold it for 150 collectible. The card was in mint condition. The blister pack was in mint condition. The person messages me back. Fake destroyed. I'm like okay. what? So what they did is, I don't know why, but they ripped open the Hot Wheel. The, the picture they showed me is a, a ripped open package and a Hot Wheel that's like messed up. That is not the Hot Wheel I sent. Mm. But luckily, via eBay, now I'm still going, I'm still waiting for the person to return it. But I called eBay and I said, hey, listen, I've never done this before, but I don't even want to give this person a partial refund. I think this person should not get a refund. They're like, hey, we'll help you out. We'll take care of it. Let's wait. Let's play this out. Wait till you get it back and we can resolve it at that end. And I think the fact that I give free returns and I've always given returns is helping me out in that scenario. Yeah. I can almost feel like a situation like that. And I could be wrong. Anything could happen. But yeah, you're not going to buy a uh, a collectible like that and then open it. So what I would imagine, like this is just what I'm seeing. I, I, I'm going where you're going. I'd imagine that somebody's got a collection and then their, maybe their grandkid came over and they opened up one of the packets and it's like, no, you can't open that box. You've ruined my... That's it. I'm buying another one on eBay and I'll send them back the one you've opened. You know, because then they can almost just trade one for another. Oh, 100%. That's what I think happened. Mm-hmm. I think he had one that wasn't in great condition and now... He has one that's in great condition. Yep. Right. Again, I I think if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you be, you know that Mike and I don't believe there's a lot of scamming going out there, but I think it happens. It happens. So, all right. Now I'm going to get controversial on these. The views expressed are not necessarily those of Mike. <laughs> and so, yeah. I speak for myself. Okay. So what are, what are your thoughts on Facebook marketplace right now? 
Um, I actually haven't been, I've kind of been sticking to, to offer up mostly for my local deals. Okay. Um, but so I, I guess I have, I don't have an opinion on Facebook marketplace right now. All right. So I find that Facebook marketplace has the most scammers out of any platform right now. Mm. It's obnoxious. Like you ever get it in your feed on Facebook, whenever you are on Facebook mm. and it's like, one was like for a, a thing that catches your hair trimmings when you're shaving kind of deal. And I'm like, why is this on my feed? Like, why do I care about this? Or, or there's a thing like, um, one of my favorites is like, my daughter was just born and in celebration. I want to sell this Nintendo switch for $50 mm-hmm. with all these games. Like what? Why? like, why can't Facebook, Facebook, it's able to do so much shady stuff, but yet Facebook can't remove these ads. Like, I don't understand. It's a lot to wade through. You know what I mean? Like there are people There's who literally, so much of it. There, there are people that that's their job. Like their entire job is to scam people. And some of them are just nefarious, bad people who are looking for a quick buck, a buck. And some of them are people potentially in other countries, third world countries, and they're just desperate. And they all they have is a really cheap internet connection and access to the internet. And I'm not saying that everybody in those situations <clears throat> is doing this, but I know that a lot of people who are doing this are in really tough situations. And so to them, it's, hey, I'm going to send out literally all day long, nothing but scam, 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 scam. And even if like a fraction of 1% of them come through, I'm making enough money to pay, you know feed my family. And so I, I, that's I'm why sure I that's think- what they're doing. They're feeding their family. Well, I mean, but that, that's what I'm saying. There are nefarious yeah. people who are just like looking for a quick buck and they're they're making a bunch of money and they're they're not in a bad situation. But I do think that there probably are some people who are really I mean, because I've, I've watched the videos like there's some fun YouTube videos of people who like scam the scammers back. Oh, like yeah. Those are call awesome. And they, you know, they're on the, the computer and the scammer is trying to get access to their computer. But the whole time the person is actually like kind of like a computer hacker and they're like hacking the scammer's computer. So awesome. And, and, and it's great. But I, I mean, I, I have seen some where the scammers like literally have like broken down crying and it seems legitimate. And they're just like, I, I don't know what else to do. You know, like this is this is how I make my money. Like I don't have I have nothing else. You know, and I've been to other countries. I've been to Nepal. I've been to Africa. And I can imagine that for some people like the, the whole the reason I'm saying this is for some people. I mean, the, the reason why NFT games have been profitable for a little while is because people in the Philippines were making mm-hmm. literally pennies. Like it's like a couple dollars a day to play a game all day long. They're putting eight, 12, 14 hour days in to make a few bucks. Mm. You know, and to them, it was worth it to, to work for hours and hours and hours for a few dollars where, you know, obviously somebody in America is not going to put in that amount of time for a little bit. So but if you are willing to work that many hours to put out scam um, ads of various types, you are for sure 100 percent, you know, going to flood the market with as many as you can. It's like casting a wide net. And so I think that's why there are so many and it's hard to combat, because when you've got thousands of people putting hundreds or thousands of them out every day. That's a tough thing. Like it floods the system with scams, and then it also is tough for any algorithm to really find all of them. So to me, it's worse than the Nigerian prince on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Remember the Nigerian prince that will send you travel checks and whatever. Okay, and again, I'm gonna be controversial, but I think this is one of the reasons I don't believe Facebook Marketplace <laughs> will overtake the e-commerce space. And if you want to edit this, this is episode two seventy six. Where Orlando will be wrong by episode 400, whatever. I don't think it's going to happen. And and one of the reasons I, di- I there's a major issue right now. I, I was looking up news stories 
you know, stolen goods, the easiest place to sell stolen goods now is Facebook Marketplace. Right. It, it's kind of like it's easier because not only was it like Craigslist where, you know, you sell something stolen and that's it. Like no one can trace you. Right. But now like Facebook Marketplace, like there's so much of it out there. Like, you know, you're just one of thousands of people doing this. Right. So I came across this news story. Uh, police say it's a growing illegal industry, which we already know. Massive organized retail theft in which Internet savvy criminals shoplift pricey items from the shelves of big box retailers and sell them on Facebook Marketplace and similar items. Uh, a detective uh, from in Ohio says uh, a trio of investigators began busting organized shoplifting rings long before the wave of cities began acknowledging the problem in recent weeks. He recently helped arrest uh, somebody that said it was easier for them to sell stolen goods on Facebook Marketplace than uh, to sell drugs. Uh, and they, they go on and on. But basically, the idea is that now Facebook Marketplace has become the go to destination for organized rings. Right, because it's easy to offload their loot, has already gained the reputation among investigators for being slow to respond, which I think that's a major issue in Facebook Marketplace. Right. They have no customer service wing for like shipping, for customer issues, you know, <laughs> removing negative feedback. You know, it's not like eBay where eBay has all that's that. All it it's yeah. all there, right? And even Amazon, even though Amazon doesn't get back to you right away, you can still at least eventually get to somebody. Right. And so they said here, it's easy to offload their loot uh, because reputation investigators were being so slow to respond and cooperate. The officers have often given up to invent workarounds. Right. And, and that's why I think unless Facebook marketplace fixes this issue on the whole seller side and the buyer side of, you know, lack of customer service, lack of, you know, resolving shipping issues, resolving defects, you know, they, and they also have no barrier to entry. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, don't like the fact that uh, on eBay, you know, you can only list so many items at a time. And I don't know, is, I don't know, is there a limit on Facebook marketplace? How much you can list? I don't know. I mean, I'm probably, I'm sure there is. Yeah. There, there Let probably, us know in the comments. There probably is some, but the, the thing is you can easily make another Facebook account, right? Like making Facebook accounts is much easier than making an eBay account. Correct. Correct. So that's why I think eBay and Amazon is still going to be the major players for a long time, unless Facebook marketplace fixes this. So that's our retail stories. I had another one about Amazon prime, but we'll say that for another time. Yeah. The nice thing with the Facebook marketplace, to be honest, is there are a lot of scams out there, but in some ways it's almost easier than offer up. I mean, there are people who have good reputation on offer up, where they've sold, you know, you see how many stars they have. They've got a lot of good reviews. You feel pretty confident buying from them or selling to somebody with a lot of reviews. Being with Facebook Marketplace is somebody could have never sold anything and been like, I want to sell this couch. And you can actually look at their their profile. And if it's a real person that's like <clears> got <throat> several hundred followers and you see pictures of their kids and their house and their vacation they went on, you can be like, yeah, I, I, they're probably selling a couch. You know, so it's it's in some ways easier to have credibility I think if you're buying things from somebody who has a brand new account, because that even happens on OfferUp. There's times where somebody's trying to buy something or sell something and it seems scammy and it's like their account was created on January 15th and it's like January 16th when they're offering and you're like, yeah, yeah I don't know if I uh, if I believe this person. Facebook Marketplace though, like it could just be somebody who's had a Facebook account forever and they're a legitimate person. There is a little bit of credibility there. So there are benefits to it, um, but... Yeah, I think if you're, especially if you're doing the shipping, that's where it gets a little bit more shady. But yeah, you can look at somebody's life potentially and decide, do they seem trustworthy? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So 
Anyways, we'll see. We'll see what happens now. Speaking of social media, if you haven't been following us yet on social, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, a Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Cast on Twitter. Uh, you can always give us a call if you have any questions or any commentary. 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. You could also shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. If you've been listening to us and you haven't checked us out on, on YouTube, uh, Mike and I will soon be dropping videos again. Uh, we've kind of worn this kind of repairing ourselves from Q4 season, hoping to drop some videos again, along with the podcast. And we always have our Monday mini sods, which are exclusive uh, to YouTube. Uh, so if you can jump on over Pierce the podcast, hit that subscribe button, hit the smash that like button right now and hit that bell notification. Greatly appreciated. And as always, if you can write us a review on iTunes, Always helps us out on the algorithm. We are the number one rated reselling podcast and number one reselling podcast out there. Thanks to all of you that support us. All right. Are you ready for bolos? What's your bolo? Yeah, bolo time. Everybody loves the bolos. I love that sound. Yeah. Thank you to who made that. It's been so long. I, I, don't, I, remember. I don't remember. If you made that for us. Shoot us a, a a DM or something, an email. We'd love to uh, we'd love to uh, See, thank shout you, you out again, like legit. All right, <clears throat> and maybe that's a call too. If you're creative and you want to make some artwork, you know, we we'd gladly take artwork. We'll, we'll <laughs> gladly take music. We'll take we'll take anything you want to send to make Pierce Podcast better. You know, if you want to help us create some some cool designs, some T-shirt designs, like you're part of the family. You are part of this family. We are pure hustlers. There you go. All right. What's your bolo? Okay, my oh no, you go ahead. I've talked a lot. All right, so my bolo is we talked about books and book sets before, and a lot of times I like to sell. If I'm going to sell like kid or young adult books, I like them to be complete sets or like big sets where it's like Nancy Drew, you know, one through fifty or uh, whatever it is. I, I sold a Fraggle Rock set and it was like twelve books together, and I sold them for a pretty good price. Fraggle Rock, yeah, that was great, uh, but. It's pretty interesting. So my wife and I, we went to a thrift store a while back and we actually made a video on it. It was thrifting with the family video. And she found at the thrift store in like a bag. And it was actually like two different bags like hung up. You know, sometimes they hang up bags that have like toys or books and okay. whatever in them. And two of the bags that were hung up were American doll, um, American doll books. And so it was like, I guess sometimes, I don't know if they are, were sold with the dolls or like just if you're like, if you've got the Tiffany doll or the whatever doll. But these were a little bit older. Like these were from like the 90s, I think. Uh, one of them might have been like late 80s. And they're hardbound, kind of like the kid books, like almost like the Disney hardbound books. So they're not in like perfect condition. Uh, they're not very big. They're easy to ship. But there wasn't like a complete set of them. It was, you know, just the the this one, the this one, the that one. And so it, we didn't really want to lot them together. Because we're like, this. if somebody's looking for one of these, it's not really going to work. Yeah. But our total cost per book was like 25 cents or 50 cents. It's like, let's just list them for like $12 each. And we've been consistently selling those. Like, I think we picked up nice. like 10 of them or something like that. And I think we just sold our last one. And they've been selling for like anywhere from 10 to 15 bucks. And so it just kind of opened my eyes to, even if it's not a set, like if it's an older book of something collectible, something that people are interested in, you can do really good in that because a lot of times people are trying to, oh, I used to have that book or oh, my kid, I pulled it out and my grandkid destroyed it. And it's like, I wanted that book back or am I, am I giving my granddaughter a new American girl doll? And so I want to give her the, the book that goes with it, even if it's an older one. So um, my bolo is essentially older collectible books that aren't 
that are kid books or, or specifically to things like that. Like I've even sold some old Pokemon books and things like that, where mm. it's in the collector's market. So it's something that people collect and then there's a book that goes along with it. You can tend to do well on those, even if it's not a complete set. So uh, don't disregard the one-offs if it's of the right book type. I agree. I, yeah, I had to say book collections are nice to pick up. They don't, they don't last too long, you know? So mine is not a major profit maker, but it's a quick seller. And I've mentioned this. I, I hope I, this is not a repeat bolo, but uh, travel irons. So what I mean by travel irons are basically like these very like small irons. They're not metal. They're like plastic usually. And they're in, in a, you know, you can pretty much pack them anywhere and they're pretty efficient. Uh, but, you know, you'll see them at the thrift store at garage sales. I've never paid more than five dollars and they always sell for 30 bucks plus shipping or maybe at the low end, you know, 20 to 25. But they don't last more than a week or two. Right. Because when people are traveling, right, if they're going to travel somewhere maybe once a year, like they don't want to go all out and drop 50 plus dollars on something that they're only going to use once. Right. But they're willing to go to eBay. Right. And go, you know what? I'll spend, you know, 20 or 30 bucks. And maybe if I use it again, I'll use it again. But if I don't, that's OK, too. And so keep an eye out for travel irons. I think one of the companies was Steam X. I can't remember. Uh, but uh, travel irons do do really well for me. I always pick them up when I can and when I can, when I can. Uh, and then also there's like the, there's the European ones uh, that you got to make sure that the, you know, the the plug at the end works for, uh, you know, American outlets. Uh, but some of those go for even more money. All right. So keep an eye out for uh, travel irons. That's good. All right. Now, also something that's portable and helps us out a lot is uh, our skull shavers. Yeah. And so, you know, recently uh, I had to get up early to go to a wrestling tournament and I didn't want to look, you know, all scruffy and stuff. Uh, and so, you know, four fifty in the morning while I'm on the road, I'm just shaving my head with that skull shaver and I look crisp and clean when I arrive. I'm not sure that's illegal, but I've done it too. <laughs> Cause it's so easy, you know? I mean, I've seen somebody playing a trombone on the road, so a skull shaver can't be that bad. The, Trombo. Oh yeah, you shared that on yeah. having you. Yeah. That's just wild, man. So, anyways, uh, if you haven't yet, uh check them out. It's coldshaver.com. And you can use a promo code PHP to get a discount. Yeah, that is PHP for the best discount you can possibly imagine. And even if it's not the greatest discount, <laughs> it is a great discount for us because it lets them know that we sent you over. And it's again, it's one of those ways you can help support Pure Hustle Podcast. You know, and then when you're looking bald and beautiful like we are, you know, you just got that that extra connection with Purosal Podcast. There you go. There you go. All right, Mike, what are you looking forward to here? Kind of same as last week. I want this fifth wheel to sell. But the nice thing is, I think we're done working on it. So, I mean, we I'm talking I, I can't even begin to c- c- put in how many hours I've spent underneath this thing, digging out wires, repairing stuff working on motors, fixing the outside, uh, moving, uh, like all we had a temporary fencing set up. I had to take down, we had to clean everything. Like it has been hours and hours and hours. And so even if it doesn't sell right away, I think I have more time now because I don't have to go down there and spend three, four hours every night working on stuff. So I, I'm kind of looking forward to getting through some of my death piles, getting some stuff listed, maybe actually going sourcing again, hitting up a garage sale. That would feel real good. Now, would you say you still have stuff that you can list without having to go out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got, you know, I've got a handful of things that, you know, miscellaneous things that I just haven't been listed yet, but I haven't taken the time to list them because I've been busy. So I, I'm definitely going to pound out my my death piles first 
and then go get the new stuff. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I I'm stuck right now because I want to keep sourcing, but I don't need a source, right? Uh, I even have some stuff in our studio right now that that, that just stuff hasn't been listed. Well, just think about inflation, right? So sourcing obviously is good, but the longer you let a death pile sit, unless it's a, a rare collectible item, you're actually kind of losing. Yeah. You I know, know? I because know. the price you're going to be able to sell for isn't going to increase as quickly as inflation is increasing. And so if you'd have sold it six months ago, you'd have had that money and that money was worth more than if you sell it for the same price today. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you've got death piles, get those things listed. Don't, I'm a big believer. You got to have the fun part of reselling. You got to do some sourcing. You don't want to run out of inventory. But if you've got a lot of, of stuff to list, get the listings done. I just bring that up because I remember before like I really started reselling, uh, there was a YouTube influencer that had talked about like how they still have four to 500 items in their shed that they just never listed. I thought, how big of an influencer were they? Uh, they're, they're pretty popular at that time. Yeah. So again, and I, I don't know anything about that specific instance, but we've talked in the past about, you know, reseller influencers lying to you. Sometimes they don't even need no, but to they list. showed it though. But, no, well, oh, but, yeah, but what I'm saying yeah. though is they don't, they don't, they don't always need to list because they can oh, sometimes no, true, make true, enough true. money off of the content they created. Right. Like I, I spent $50 at a garage sale. I'm going to make $300 off this YouTube video that I make. Uh, so I make $250 whether or not I sell anything anyways. Okay. No, I see your point. I know no, that's true, but this individual actually showed it and everything. I just, the point I was trying to make, I thought that was crazy. I'm like, how can that even happen? And now I'm that guy. Oh man. I am that guy. And, uh, but I'm still, I, here's the thing. I love the hunt. Who does not love the hunt? Nope. Right. No one likes, I mean, I like Netflix and listing. I do like doing that. Mike hates it. But, you know, no one likes the shipping part. No one likes the the listing part more than the hunt. Like, if you could just sort... And I'm hoping to get that. One of my goals is by the end of the year to not even ship anymore. I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but that's one of my goals. Uh, but anyways, uh, so my goal, <laughs> what I'm looking forward to is uh, I want to really try this out. I only want to go to a thrift store once a week, if that. If that, and I want to make all my deals local. I'm I am done with the thrift stores. I am, I, I you know the other day I was at one, and I just felt gross in there. The reason I felt gross was like, they're they're making you source the leftovers, right? All the good stuff they have on their online site, all the good stuff you know they've figured something else to do with it. So what you're sourcing is their scraps, and I just I just get tired of it. I yeah. just I'm waiting for the thrift stores to get the the blowback that resellers get of that stuff is supposed to be going to people who can't afford it. So that right that that right. why don't they get it? That super rare North Face jacket should be going to, you know, people who can't afford, you know, stuff and resellers come in and take it. But nobody has a problem when uh when the thrift stores turn around and flip that stuff for the most, you know. Yeah. And and they're not they're not thinking about their their lowest income customers. I mean, I, you know, and, and I know other parts of the country are different, but I got to tell you in San Diego, it is bad. It is so bad. Uh, and it's not getting any better. So I'm looking forward uh, to that, which means I can't wait to go to garage sales. I think I do have a free weekend coming up where I don't have to get up early and go to a tournament. And so I'm looking forward to sourcing. I'm looking forward to, you know, sending out my business card to people and hopefully making bigger deals later on. So, Stay tuned. Catch us on YouTube. I, you know, if I do go to a successful garage sale, I'm hoping to turn that into a YouTube video that will drop soon. Yeah. So, 
With that being said, hopefully you all are having incredible sales and everything that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast is not your experience. But if it is, let us know in the comments below either way uh, or maybe what you're doing to make things different or how you think, you know, things are going to change over this next year. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Blades. Peace. Peace.